Uh, we just welcome everybody that's here and everybody that's watching on the live stream. It's really been uh, a good day, and it is kind of kind of been a busy week. So let's just pray that uh, the week would not just be busy, but it would be productive, right? That it would be efficient. That busyness would fall off. I don't. The Lord asked me. I used to. That was like an opening line for me. I would say, uh, "How you doing?" And they'd say, "I'm good. How are you?" I said, "Man, I'm busy." And I almost wore it as a badge of, "Look at me. I'm busy." And uh, and part of it literally was wanting people to understand that I didn't, you know, I didn't have a ton of time and that I had a lot going on. And I wanted them to get to know that. And then. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit, he has this way of correcting you. And uh, one day he said, do you want to be busy? And I said, mm, not really, no, no. He said, then why do you keep saying it? And I went, that's probably a good point. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like you got or something. I know, thanks a lot. And uh, so I, he said, what do you want to be? I said, well, I want to be productive. And productive doesn't mean that you're busy at all. It just means that you get a lot done and uh, that you have a lot of uh, produce. So a lot of productivity and efficiency. He said, then say it's been a productive week. It's been a productive day. It's going to be a productive week, not a busy week, a productive week. And I said, yes. okay, amen. And so that changed my mindset on that. And every now and then I'll catch myself and I'll say, man, it's going to be a busy one. And then I got to... Back up, reverse, say, nah, it's going to be a productive week. And uh, so I would encourage you to do the same. Don't expect, a lot of what you live is going to be what you expect. Yeah. What you expect is what's going to happen. Well, expectation is a part of hope. So what you hope for, that's hope does not disappoint. So let's expect the right things. Let's expect godly things. Productivity. Activity, not busyness, uh, stuff like that. Uh, protection, not hurt, right? Health, not sickness. We start to expect those things. And, you know, I have, have people that'll be uh, coughing or something around me. <coughs> you don't want to shake my hand. No, it's like I don't want not to shake your hand because if I start stopping shaking your hand, then I'm moving because of fear and I just open the door. Matter of fact, come here. Give me a big old hug. I don't, you know... Uh, it's just, you got to, and there's being wise on certain things, but you have to, most of the time it's better if you just pay attention to not moving in fear, you know. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people today that they're in fear over every small germ, everything. I can remember as a, ki as a kid, if you watch somebody that was afraid of every single germ, right? I mean, if they were like a germaphobe or whatever, uh, we, they were kind of made fun of, Right? But now, if, if, you have, if you had a bunch of, uh, uh, that's kind of normal now, people wiping down everything with all of the, the hygiene stuff and everything, and what they're opening themselves up to is actually opening themselves up to fear, which opens themselves up to more germs. Yeah. You know? It's scientifically proven from what I understand that when you get in fear, actually you open yourself up and are actually scientifically able to receive more germs. So God knew what he was talking about when he said don't fear. So we need to expect, all right? I'm expecting good things to happen. I'm not expecting problems. Um, I watched some people a while back. This is all free, um, so I'm glad. Uh, I watched some some people a while back and uh, they were in ministry and they were just expecting all these bad things to happen all the time like they were they were trying to legally cover their tails in every circumstance in every situation they were constantly legally trying to make sure they had every hole right you got to trust God in that. It says that the watchman watches in vain, right, if he's not relying on the Lord. There, he's, he's doing that in vain. Well, that's what was happening, and they just constantly were having problems with stuff, and I'm like, we're not going to have any problems, you know. We're not expecting any. So your expectations have a lot to do with it. So right now, since it's been a busy week up to this point, let's just start expecting right now that productivity will settle into our lives, that, that efficiency will settle in, that wisdom and knowledge will settle in. Fear will not. Sickness will not. 
All right? Let's believe in the fullness of God's uh, promises. Amen? Amen? So, Lord, right now, we just received the fullness of your salvation. You have saved us from everything and anything that would cause us harm or set us back. Lord, we expect, we expect right now for your salvation to fill us up, for your salvation to repel every fiery dart of the enemy. Lord, we expect that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It will come to nothing. And we receive that and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, let's turn to James 4. We're talking on humility and grace. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. All right, so quick poll, how many people pronounce it humble? And how many people pronounce it humble? Lots of folks, lots of folks. Nobody's, nobody's claiming the humbles? <laughs> you do humble? Yeah. Interest. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Sherman. It was JD. Yeah. So now you're going to pick on JD. She said, Who did that? I'm going to pick on them. It's interesting. It's interesting. Different people, different people, uh, you know, you should really be humble about this. So, or humble. You should maybe be humble and not pick too hard. <laughs> so, it's interesting, you know, God gives grace to the humble, and what is that grace? But it is the power to overcome any problem. Yeah. And we want that kind of power. We want grace that goes beyond anything that the devil can send our way. Matter of fact, we want it to be so big in our lives uh, that there's just nothing that can stop the power of God, not just for me, but for the people around me too, yeah. for everybody around me, that his grace overflows. But it doesn't just happen. It's already paid for, it's already given, but it doesn't just happen. There's some pieces that need to be put in place in your life so that you can step into those places. It's free and it's waiting on you. It's kind of like there's a you know gated community and you got the passcode and the passcode is Jesus. But the question is, are you going to punch it in? Right? Well, that's using humility. Amen? That's using humility. And pride says that you set yourself in opposition against God. And uh, a lot of times pride is just believing stuff that's not true. There's, I wanted to, uh, there's somebody uh, wrote something today on Facebook, and it kind of went along with this. Let's see if I can find it real quick. There you go. Uh, Philip Balcom, who's a friend of mine uh, over at the gathering, he said, if I am dominated by fear, but I claim to follow Jesus... Fear has become my Lord and Jesus relegated to simply hang on my wall or around my neck. Yeah. yeah. If I am dominated by fear, but I claim to follow Jesus, fear has become my Lord and Jesus relegated to simply hang on my wall or around my neck. In other words... If we let something dominate us that's not God, if we let any promise of God slip away, okay, if we let any promise of God slip away and we live in the opposite of that, or we live in the, the valley where that promise is not alive, you know, where, where the, the torture, the fear, the toil of the curse, if we live in that place, then immediately... You are not allowing Jesus to be Lord in your life, and what you're merely doing is putting on a facade, just putting on a face that's really not true. So when we let things dominate our lives, what are we actually doing? Now, why is that true? Why is that 
Why is that that way? It's because when we don't take the promises of God and we don't believe in them, what we're effectively saying is, I believe in the problem more than I believe in your promises, Lord. That's pride. And now we're in opposition to God. We've closed the door on his promises and opened the door to the devil. And that's why we end up in those places. So we've got to, you know, the this... What it says here in verse 7 is, Submit therefore to, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I really had a moment here a few weeks ago when we were in this, and um, I forget exactly when I got it, but it wasn't too long ago. And if we don't resist the devil, we're, we're in sin. We're messing up. Anything that is not God in your life that you are not actively resisting, then you are moving in pride. So that means, you know, that means all kinds of things. I mean, it can, anything, and that goes along with that testimony I had a few years ago. I had like a, a white uh, splotch on my chest or back or something. And uh, anyway, just the pigment was off. It wasn't hurting me. It, it, it wasn't spreading. It wasn't doing, it was just discolored. Right, I get out in the sun and it'd kind of be more, and I don't even know what it was. I don't even don't if you if you know the medical term, I could care less. But yeah, I don't care. But here's here's what was happening. It wasn't hurting me. It wasn't getting worse. It wasn't spreading. It wasn't doing anything. It was just there. But it was not divine health. And I was sitting in a meeting, and I'd had that for a couple years, and I just hadn't spent the time to come against it. Right. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, um, this is down at Southwest, I can tell you where I was sitting in the, in the, in the place, and uh, Jerry Savelle was talking, and the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, that, talking about that uh, pigment being off, he said, that is an assault against my word. See, it staying there and me not resisting it, That is an assault against the character and nature of God. By me letting that stay there, I was allowing the character and nature of God to be assaulted by me allowing it and not resisting it. And so what happens when I need other things that are causing me pain in my life? What would happen? Well, I've already allowed his character and nature to be assaulted. So everything else is harder for me to get a hold of because I wasn't standing up and resisting anything. So see, a lot of times things when we're trying to actually believe stuff that, for, that we really want or care about, are there other little things where we're just allowing sin, allowing pride, allowing the promises to not be there. We're not resisting the devil, and all of a sudden we've allowed the character and nature in our hearts and in our minds to be assaulted, wanting it now to stand up strong on something that we've let get beat up for months and months and years. And then we wonder why we don't have faith. To believe in it. So it's an assault. And see, you shouldn't just say, well, this is how I need to raise faith in my life. You should say, this is my God and my King you're talking about. You know, I should have seen that earlier than that. I did, I'm learning, you know, y'all are learning too. Don't, don't beat yourself up, but learn and grow, right? I should have seen that ahead of time and gone, hold up. No, you're talking about my King. Devil, you're talking about my Lord, my Savior. I should have been much more fired up about that <laughs> than I was up until that moment. Yeah. And then I just came against it, and, and uh, it was, I think, maybe a year before I, it went away. But it, then I, I guess it was about a year ago I went, where was that? What? Uh, that thing's gone, and I didn't even know when it left. <laughs> But I stood up inside of myself and said, look, I receive healing. You've got to stand up. You've got to resist the devil. So last week was a really good week, and it was really, um, it was was kind of point blank and strong. But we talked about, like, verse 1, James 4, 1, it says, um, I said in verse 6, it's the grace and the greater grace. But how did we get to that point? Like, what led up to that verse 
And it says in verse 1, what's the source of your quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source, is it, is not the source of your pleasures that wage war in your members? In other words, is it not the, your own flesh desiring things that cause every conflict and quarrel? And it is. And then it goes on and it says, you, you lust and you do not have, you do this, you do that. And then it goes on and says, but he gives a greater grace. In other words, what he was saying is, all your problems are wrapped up in the flesh, but you need to understand that all those things that you fight for in sin, they're already covered by the grace of God. Amen. All those things that you're fighting for, this is what he's saying, but... He gives a greater grace. Why are you trying to go after it in a flesh way, in a sin way, when you can go after God in a godly way and one that doesn't have any uh, bad symptoms to follow? And that's what he's saying. Why do that? Why go after the flesh and go after the lust of your flesh when you can go after God? If you go after God, you'll get everything that you're you know, supposedly fighting for and more. So that's how we get to this verse. And so he says, look, this is what you need to do. Humble yourself. <laughs> humble yourself. He gives grace to the humble. And then he kind of shows us how to do that. So in verse 7 it says, Submit therefore to God. Submit therefore to God. Submit, therefore, to God. Amen. Because of this, to move into that grace, submit yourself to God. You know, the, there is a statement, and uh, it says, anytime you see therefore, then look what, what it's there for, right? And in other words, because you need the humility of God operating and not pride to bring you greater grace, because that, do this, submit to God. Submit, therefore, to God. Well, if I submit, you know, we've talked about this before. Submission is not needed when we agree. Yeah. Right? Submission is not needed when we agree. Submission is needed when we disagree. If we agree, we're just like, yeah, high five. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Awesome. We're on the same, we're on the same track. But it's when you want to go that way and, and somebody else wants to go that way and then you, the, the one has to submit to the leader. Yeah. Whether they like it or not, or they're not in submission. And in this situation, it's saying, submit your flesh to God. Submit your ways to God. If you see that God says do it this way, but you've been doing it this way all your life, and your grandma, and your mama, and your great-grandma has done that, and your dad, and your grandfather, and your great-grandfather, and so on and so on, did it this way, I could care less because that's going to lead you to the place that's going to get you messed up. Yeah. Yeah. You need to submit yourself to God so that the grace of God can come on. You know, we need to do that in the church too. Just because, you know, I was talking to another pastor today and I was telling him about the, you know, some of the things that we've learned this year about church. And, and the context that we have for church is what we've grown up in. But who says that what we grew up in was right? We needed to go back to the Word and see what is right. What is the right way to do church? What is that way? And the right way to do church was to empower people, to make them participants and not spectators, for them to take what they have in their hand and break it and give it to God, and God will do the miracle in their hands. Every one of you. It was not for just the pastor to go around and do everything. It was not Jesus just to go around and do everything. Otherwise, he would have never told the 70, go out and do this. He'd have never told them that. But it was God for them to do that. And then he empowered them in Acts chapter 2 to go and do exactly that. Submit, therefore, to God. In other words, you're thinking your actions, your history, all of it can be wrong as far as I'm concerned. Let every man be a liar uh, except for God. Yeah. 
Let every man, including myself, be a liar. Because God is true. In other words, everybody on this earth, everybody on this earth could be wrong. But let God be true in your life and in your heart. Amen. That's submitting to God. That's finding the place of humility. That, and here's what that's going to mean. It's going to mean that you're going to come up to some things and the Holy Spirit's going to point that out and, uh, and you're going to go, I don't want to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, God. Mm-mm. Mm. I, I, I've been living here for a long time and I like this place. And so had Abraham. And God said, go. Because he was about to release the greatest plan the earth had ever seen. He had already told it to his father. And his father settled. But Abraham listened. The question is, are you going to be the one that settles and gets up to heaven and everybody goes, what's your name? Never heard about you. Jesus, Jesus talking about your kids. But I ain't never heard your name. What's your, what's your name again? You don't want to be known as, well, I'm the father of somebody awesome. <laughs> you want to be, I'm such and such, and I'm the father of somebody yeah. awesome. Amen. Because that's the way that you're going to be known in front of God. Why? Because you, you want your kids to have well done, good and faithful servant. But guess what? You want it for you too. Right. As a matter of fact, you can't lead your kids That's right. to be the best they can be without you being the best you can be. Yeah. That's right. So you don't want to be the person that settled. You want to be the person that said, you know what? I'm not settling in my flesh. I'm not settling with what the world calls okay. I'm not settling for that. Mm-mm, yeah. no. Devil, you better go find somebody else. Ain't going to work here. Yeah. I'm not settling. I, I remember it got set in me, and this was right about the time we started the church. I don't care if the whole world does not follow you, Lord. I will follow you. And I got it. You know, sometimes you can think things, and they can be good, and you can agree with it. But then you get to that place where you stop just agreeing with it, and it becomes a part of who you are, and it is set. You have resolve on this thing. And that's where I got on that. We need to get, our, we need to, get to that place with God. That place right there is where God, is where you go all in, and that's the place where God can really move. Why? Because what you're doing is you're submitting yourself to God, but it's not just lip service, and it's not just every now and then, it's all the time. And all the time, you're walking in greater grace. And that's where we need to be. Submitting to God is, is literally going to be that thing. And, and uh, it comes up to you. And you know what submitting to God may be? It may be your pet doctrine. The one you got revelation on as soon as you became a Christian. And you just think that that thing is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it was as off as you were when you got it. <laughs> but if you don't submit it to God, then you'll never learn the truth. And you'll walk in a deception. It'll be close and it'll sound awesome, but it's still deception. I see this happening all the time in ministry and churches. People lived through an experience. They allowed an experience to set doctrine in their life. Then they try to live that like God said it, and he never said it at all. It just matched up with a couple of scriptures out of context, and now it's doctrine to them. And they never submit themselves to God. They're never willing to give that revelation to God like they all had it under control when they received it. They understood everything when they received that revelation. And so they end up walking in deception for years, sometimes the rest of their life, because they're not willing to submit things to God. See, that's not, that is pure pride because it's saying, when I got that revelation, I knew everything there was to know, and there was no way I missed it. Mm-mm. God told me, and here's what they'll do. Here's what the devil will do. God told that to me. God told it to me. (laughs) I'm getting tickled. What did you say? I know that's right. I know that's right. I know that's right. You better believe it. That's what Luke's saying right now. You better believe it. 
And so we need, we need to back up and relook. This is submitting to God. This is the place of grace. This is, this is the place. You don't need to be living in a, a doctrine that, that you think God formed you in when you first came to the Lord or even 20 years after you got, came to the Lord. I've had stuff I thought was God just recently. I thought was the Lord, and I just keep on studying, and I use the whole word as a counsel and, and people. And uh, I, I'll give you one. Uh, so I saw, I was dealing, I was uh, thinking on authority, and I was thinking about the authority that man have, right? which is a great subject just to meditate on and study on. I was thinking about the authority of the believer. And I came up to the story talking about Jesus walking on the water, right? And, and it said that uh, the, the disciples have left him. They were in the boat, and then he came walking by the boat. And in the story, there doesn't seem to be any particular purpose for him walking on the water. It looks like he just said, I feel like walking on water today, so I'll walk on water. And so he just went walking across the water. And so what I was thinking about and meditating on, I was like, well, praise God. In my authority, I can just go do whatever I want to do. If I feel like walking on water, then the power of God will meet me, and I'll walk on water too. Right? And I was starting to meditate on that and believe on this was a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. And I just saw that, man... It looks like Jesus just chose to do that. Just awesome. Praise God. That means I can just, I can look, Lord, you're going with me, right? You're just, you're just going with me. And if I choose to do it, then you're going to back me up. Well, and where could you use that? Well, let's say that, let's say that you were sick. And I could, no matter what you want to do, I'm just going to come up here and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, Lord's going to come with me. I'll lay hands, she'll recover, she'll be healed. I just make up my mind I want to because he's the healer. So I'll just make up my mind. See, that kind of sounds good, doesn't it? See, y'all have heard enough teaching that, that you got some checks in you. Plus, I told you that it was not true doctrine at the beginning. That kind of helps. And then I went to my shepherd, went to my pastor. I said, what do you think about this? By this time, I'd done meditating on this for months. So I was, I was ready. I was loaded for bear. And I was ready. Man, I had, I had some scriptures. I saw it, this, after I saw this, I, there's a major ministry I know that I like very much, but I would say that they are off in this. But I was about to be right off with them had I not gone to my shepherd and asked him about it. Yeah. I said, hey, here's something I need to ask you about. Look at here. Best I can tell, Jesus just took off all in the water because he wanted to. And, uh, and <laughs> I said, praise God, we got authority. And he said, uh, Jesus didn't do anything except what they heard the Father say and saw the Father do. I went. <laughs> Dang it. I was like, man. I knew that, but I hadn't had the whole counsel of the word yet. But see, I wanted a doctrine that I found. And it would be mine. Yeah. And I thought there was power. I mean, I could see power being released in that. Man, I, here, I was about, I'm about to wipe a hospital out. I'm like, every sick person going to go home because I decide to. I mean, I'm about to go in there and wipe it out. You got people that think they can just go do whatever they want to do. My goodness, if Jesus, if Jesus needed to hear everything and see everything he did, see the Father, how much more do we need that? Yeah. We really need it. It's very important for us to learn how to be led by the Spirit. But see, if I'd have stuck in pride, I'd have been like, nah, Pastor, you done her wrong. That, no, he just chose. Y'all know me well enough that I'm not going to be like that. But I have thought like that before, earlier on. 
And see, if we get in that place and we don't humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the word, as soon as he said that and he brought the word up and I had to submit myself to it, even though it sounded like really good stuff to me. Even though I felt like now for several months I had done found something. Look at this gym. I had a gym that was full of junk and tried to tell people that it wouldn't have worked. Why? Because you don't just go out and do something. That's a part of love. You, those that, that keep my commandments are the ones who love me. Yeah. Those that hear my voice, my sheep hear my voice, do what I say. It's over and over and over and over again. I was overlooking all of that because I wanted a revelation. I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, really, really strongly going after Revelation. I just thought I'd found something. But I could have gotten to that place because I was already operating there. But thank goodness I had humbled myself enough to a shepherd that knew how to redirect me. Well, that brought me to places of grace because you know how much greater grace is in the ability to know that I need to hear from God. Man, if I just hear from God. In other words, I can walk through life and I don't have to worry about a thing. All I've got to do is hear from God. He will talk to me. And when he talks to me, the power of his word will not return void. I don't have to worry about walking across the lake. I just got to listen to him. Be at the right place in the right time, doing the right thing. Man, it took all the pressure off. See, had I continued in that doctrine, I'd have been putting pressure on me, on myself to come up with the right thing to do. So it took all the pressure off. God's ways are always better. His grace is always better. But that's, you can have a doctrine, and man, you believed it for 20 years now, and it was wrong when you thought of it, and it's still wrong today. But if you don't humble yourself to God and submit yourself to God, it'll get you messed up because it's pride, and now you're in opposition to God. And you're actually joining up hands with the devil in that. And that's, well, Brian, I don't like the way you put that. I don't either. That's why I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I don't like that either. I don't want you joining hands with the devil, especially if you hang around me. He said, submit, your <laughs> submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist him. Now, this is a promise. You resist him, but you don't just resist him like, Oh, please leave me alone. That ain't resisting. You need to stand up in who you are. Stand up in, hey, I'm a, I'm a son or a daughter of the Most High God. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What everything that's under his feet is under my feet in the name of Jesus. Everything I set my hand to it prospers through him because I hear from him and am empowered by him. His life flows through me. His anointing is in me to set the captives free. Now get, and he's got to get. Amen. But you need to know that. This isn't just something like, well, I heard Brian say on Wednesday night, get, devil, that ain't going to work for you. <laughs> That's not how this works. You need to meditate on it. Make it yours. Make it yours. You got to know who you are in Christ. Resist the devil and he will flee. Again, that says resist the devil. Resist him. So if there's anything, anything in your life that is not God, in other words, it's not salvation, it's not healing, it's not prospered, it's not protected, it's not restored. If there's any lack in any way, Jesus came and he destroyed the works of the devil. That thing that's not under, under that, that's not of Christ, that's not salvation, it is trying to establish itself in your heart and in your mind against the nature of God. And when you don't resist it, you're letting it stand in your life. And it is very quickly eroding on all your faith, your mercy, and your grace because you're starting to think on the wrong things. This is why we need to be all in. This is why we need to be at the place where something comes in and it's not God. We're like, oh, no, you don't belong here. Mm Mm-mm, go on. You know, sickness tries to come into your household. Mm Mm-mm. 
You don't belong here. Don't belong here. No, no, no. And see, this is not just a, uh, this, again, this is not just that you have knowledge that it should go. You know that you know that it has already been paid for to be gone, and that belongs to you. And that's it's a different way of thinking. It's not something where you just play. And that's where a lot of people miss it. They'll go, they'll go, they'll hear a message like this, and then they'll go home and they'll be like, "Now, devil, I'm telling you what how it's going to be." But they don't believe it anymore in their heart or know it. They don't have a knowing of it. They just have uh, facts that this is the way it should work, but it's not theirs yet. They don't, they don't have a revelation on that word is not alive in them yet. Well, that's fine. You keep on practicing, but don't, here's the biggest key, don't give up if it doesn't work for you. Because it, just because it didn't work for you doesn't make God's word and his promises null and void. No, no, no. It's, his promises and his word are strong. Continue to believe that more than you believe the experience that you just saw with your eyes. We don't walk by our eyes, we walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. In other words, they won't just, this is not just command, but it's promise. I will live when I live by faith. I believe the word of the Lord over what I'm seeing with my eyes. Stop taking what you see with your eyes as evidence that God's word is working. Amen. Amen. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What a promise. Lord, I just want you closer with me. I just want you closer. This is a promise. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Amen. If he, you're still feeling far away, then you might be saying it with your mouth, but not with your heart. And most of the time what people are doing is, is they're saying, we see it in the church all the time. People come in, they got a need, and what they're doing, they're drawing near, near to God by coming into church. They get their need met, and then they go. And see, what's happening is they don't really want to get near to God. They just want a solution, a quick one. They want a lottery ticket. They want it, they want it gone. No, 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 no. That is not what a believer is. That's not what a disciple is. A disciple is one who disciplines themselves to get after God. That's what a disciple is. So either you, either you are just somebody who believed in heaven and you're not a disciple or you are a disciple. And either you've given your heart to the Lord and your life to the Lord or you haven't. This is why he'll say, many will say, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you because you never gave me your decisions. You just wanted to call me Lord. You never made me Lord. You just called me Lord. Yeah. It goes back to that statement. You wear it around your neck. You hang it on the wall. But he's not making the decisions any more than, you know, any more than anybody else in your life. It's you. You're making the shots. He's got to be the director. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. I don't like the sound of that. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Well, hold up. What Now, wait a minute, Pastor Brian. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you what is it saying here it's saying quit being so pleased with yourself yeah. you know you may be having uh, laughter and joy and comfort in your life but stop letting comfort and joy in your life be a uh, witness and a testimony that everything's okay yeah. it's not if you haven't turned your heart over. Right. If you haven't humbled yourself to God and given, given your heart to him that says, Lord, I need change and help me change. Help me see these things and I'll do it. I'm not just talking about it. I'm about to do it. See, this is saying, don't just let the happiness and the joy of your life tell you what condition you're in. Because the joy and the happiness of this world, it pales in comparison to the joy that the Lord wants to bring in your life. Right. 
This is what it's talking about, having a contrite heart. Now see, we know that we are already victorious in Christ. We know that we're the righteousness of God in Him. But we also know over in 1 John that we will always have a flesh, as long as we're on this earth, to contend with. And that flesh is always trying to pull us away from God. So the moment that I stop you know, remembering that and think I've seen so many people mess up because they think, well, now I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I can do no wrong. You already missed it. Yeah. You've already missed it. In other words, again, stop letting the joy and the comfort of your life determine whether or not your heart is in the right place. It's a big yeah. deal. This is a major area for church and Christians because they they get born again but then they things start going better for them a lot of times their life picks up and they know they're going to heaven they have the peace of a salvation inside of them but then they stop right there and they never do and accomplish the destiny that God's given to them because they stop humbling themselves they humble themselves to walk an aisle one day and accept Jesus but they stopped humbling themselves to give them the rest of their life. Yeah. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Let's turn real quick uh, to the same chapter, but in the message translation. Let's go to verse 6 in the message, or verse 7, excuse me. So James 4, 7, it says, So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Quit leaving yourself a backup plan. That wasn't in the message, but that's what it just said. Quit leaving yourself a backup plan. Yeah, that's good. We, you know, we leave a backup plan for our flesh a whole lot. And we need to kill that. Yeah. Kill that. Yeah. And remember what we're saying right here, these verses that we're saying, they are, remember, submit yourself therefore. Submit therefore. In other words, in order to move into the greater grace, in order to move into the humility and out of the pride, this is what needs to happen. So with that again, listen to it. You know, so let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom. Cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Here's what it's really saying. Get serious. Really serious. You know, seriously, what, um, speaking of serious, seriously, what, what is, what are you, what are you here for? How many people growing up as a child, you know, having a big house was definitely dangled in front of you as something to go after? How about the perfect spouse? Right? How about the good job? Right? How about, um, the toys, you know? How about, yeah, how about shopping trips? You know, boats, cars, you know, having the money to do whatever you want to. Was that not dangled in front of you? Yeah. All right, see, when we submit ourselves to God, we realize that is not God's plan. That doesn't mean that he won't give you that stuff. Right. Actually, in his plan, he will give you that stuff. But when that is the focus, then what we're doing is we're saying, I'm going to keep going after that stuff, God, because this is what I believe is right. And we'll even say, I believe this is you to go after it. 
That's not submitting ourselves to God. Submitting ourselves to God says, I'm going to take all my plans and throw them away. Lord, why am I here? And God will tell you this. You are my ambassador. You're the hands and feet of Christ. And every thought that you think ought to be motivated in building my kingdom, seeking first the kingdom of God and my righteousness. That's what his answer would be. That's why you're here. Otherwise, I mean, wouldn't it be better for us just to get born again and just zip right up to heaven? Wouldn't that be more, much more better? That would be awesome. You're here for a purpose. Paul said, look, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. Yeah. We're here to perform the acts and the mindset and the mission of Jesus. Yeah. You're not here to get all the toys. And the trophy spouse. You're not here for that. You're not here for the job. You're not here for the house. Those things are nice. And God will bless you with them. But he blesses you with them as you go after this. It's the same thing in Matthew 6, 33 where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He's saying the exact same thing here in James where he's saying be humble because you're going after all that stuff because of the lust of your flesh. But what you actually need to do is understand that God gives a grace greater than all of that if you'll simply humble yourself and submit yourself to him. Listen, you remember that Sunday we brought the rope out and it went way around and everything and I, and I don't remember who did it first but I just heard about it. But basically we had like one inch and then we had a hundred, one inch was marked on the end of the rope and then we had like a hundred foot rope and the rope represented eternity and the inch represented our lives here on this earth. How much focus are we giving to our lives on this earth instead of eternity? Is it, how, how great is it going to be when you have all of the trophy stuff in that one inch, but the rest of the rope stinks? Yeah. Because your focus was your job, your house, your cars, everything that makes your flesh happy. Yeah. God says, focus on eternity and I'll give you the stuff here too. Now, in this time, and in the time to come in Mark chapter 10. So he, he's making it clear over and over and over again. You don't just need to change what you're doing. You need a change of heart. Submit yourself. This is why we're doing this. You know, we've got to understand what our mission is. Our mission here is, is not even to come in here and feel all the woo-woo. Ooh, that feels so good from, from God. <laughs> That, that's not what it's all about, to get all the Holy Ghost goosebumps, you know, because somebody got moved on by the Holy Spirit. That's not why we're here either. That's nice. It's awesome. But all it is is, is there to help empower us to be his witnesses, to be the light. Love having that poster on the wall all year because I can point to it when I talk. Be the light. I need to put it up here so everybody can see it when I do it. We've got to be the light, but we're not going to be the light if we're not willing to submit ourselves to God. Yeah. Hit bottom. Cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Really ser serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Yeah. Don't badmouth each other, friends. It's God's word, his message, his royal rule that takes a beating in that kind of talk. You're supposed to be honoring the message, not writing graffiti all over it. God is in charge of deciding human destiny. Who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? In other words, change yourself and do what he's told you to do. And you'll be able to change the world, but it'll be him doing it, not you. Him doing it. So we need to back up and say, why do I do the things that I do that all in series if you hadn't heard that it's a great one on on this topic 
We've got to back up and say, and, and that a lot of times is what's holding us back is, you know, I was talking to somebody today and, you know, the, one of the worst places for the Christian, I mean, it just stinks, is when you've got one, one foot in God and one foot in the world. I mean, the ripping and tearing that happens in that place, it's awful. Don't hang out there. I hung out there for way too long, and it just stunk. You've got to, you've got to make a decision. And God even says, look, you know, I'd rather you be cold than be like this. Yeah. He said, be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. And part of that is because he knows that it just, it's bad. This is a bad place. So let's just get hot for God, get all in with God, humble ourselves, submit ourselves, submit our hearts, submit our minds, submit our thoughts, submit our words, submit our actions, and let the humility of God rise up that will bring a grace that's greater than anything. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you that we have opportunity to move into a greater grace and to move into your humility. Thank you, Father, for your humility that empowers us to be who you've called us to be. Lord, thank you that you're working in us. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you wouldn't have come and preached this word in your, in your holy word in your Bible, we'd have just been walking through life without any help, and, and we'd have been so lost even if we had Jesus but we didn't you know if we had salvation but we didn't have your word and your character and your nature and and the the word made flesh in the life of Christ to reference and look at Lord you're helping us thank you Lord we just honor you for that tonight and we thank you and we praise you Lord your word says that we should present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice. In other words, I choose right now to sacrifice the things of my life that I have up till this point counted so dear, the things of my flesh. Let me sacrifice it, but it doesn't make me dead. As a matter of fact, it makes me alive in you and alive to the world. Your word says that that's our spiritual service, our reasonable service. That's our spiritual service of worship. In other words, that's what's reasonable. That's, that's what we should do. If you gave your life and humbled yourself even to the point of death, at the very least we could give our lives and choose to follow you. So Lord, we choose that. Let me make decisions for you. Let us, let us choose you. Let us honor you with every action, with every thought, with every word. And let us submit ourselves to God. Every one of our thoughts. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well have a great night. And.